0: June twenty second, two thousand nineteen, and this is the Pub, Straylight Magazine's podcast about all things books and publishing. I'm Samantha Elberth.
1: I'm Allie Ryan. And I'm Dean Karpowitz.
0: Today's special topic helps to celebrate celebrate Pride Month as we discuss LGBTQ plus representation in literature and the media. We will also be discussing the future of the of the last major bookstore in America the benefits of reading fiction, and the controversy over Naomi Wolf's new book. Our first topic in book and publishing news has to do with Barnes & Noble. It was announced that Barnes & Noble was sold June 7th to a private company um, called uh, Hedge Fund. Sorry. Yeah, it's the the Elliott Management
1: Corporation. Okay, yeah. So is this the <laughs>
2: is this the end? Is this the end? Do you think uh, the beginning of the end?
1: So the one there were a couple different articles and I looked at a couple of them in, as well and one of and the Elliot Management Group, the guy who's like CEO of that, apparently has like a history of turning around bookstores. Like he turned around, I don't remember the name of it. I it's think in it's the UK.
0: Waterstones. I, I think yeah, it was yeah, 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 it was
1: something yeah. Stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, like, turned them around, and, like, they're not the same as they were before, but they're still surviving, I guess, and, like, they're still doing okay. And so he might, like, there's some out there who think that he might do the same thing with Barnes & Noble, too. But then there's these other ones where, like, Toys R Us and, Mm -hmm. like, all these other places get bought out and become private and then Mm -hmm. die.
2: Yeah, the hedge fund part of it makes me fearful.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, the the fact that it says hedge fund rate in like the company, like that's what the company is. It makes you wonder if that's if they're really trying to turn it around or if they're just trying to get the money out right. of it that they can. Right,
2: right. I, I don't know. Um, people complained, you know, about Barnes and Noble being I mean, the, the big complaint was that they were putting every mom and pop bookstore yeah. out of business. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now the same thing's happening to them yeah, with Amazon, don't... right?
1: Yeah, and there's no other competitors because the mom-and-pop places, have, most of them have closed up. There's, like, not mm-hmm. a whole lot of them anymore. Well, so. yeah,
2: and, and Barnes and & Noble won the war with Borders. Remember when you had Borders? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I kind of like Borders, I too. I miss Borders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I liked going to Borders. Borders was more, like, focused on the books themselves, I yeah. think, than Barnes & Noble has been. Like the Barnes, like they did kind of do like I think they had like a coffee shop at one of the borders I went to one time, but it wasn't necessarily like a thing you saw at all of them. Like you did with Barnes and Noble.
2: Well, I, so like the the difference for me was Barnes and Noble when when I started working there, you had to wear a tie. Mm-hmm. Oh, um. Yeah. And it was carpeted. And yeah. They had those leather chairs, you know. Borders
1: was supposed to be like, like more fancy. like a cheaper yeah. like like it's almost like the factory version yeah. store. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, right.
2: It was like a rummage sale compared to yeah you know, so I'd look up at their the top of their shelves and there'd be like boxes of books all over the place yeah, so, yeah. right yeah
1: yep and like it was they were talking about with the other thing with Barnes and Noble is like they're saying like their product is the authors and like they're getting like they're not taking care of the resources and how they treated their authors like I guess like when ebooks became a thing instead of letting authors take like their backlisted books and like list them as ebooks they instead like took them away from them and like said no you don't have any rights to these anymore at all and didn't even backlist them like they didn't make them available Uh, as ebooks themselves either so the ebook craze is going on and like ebooks like they were looking at as a fad i guess and instead of adapting to it they just tried to like avoid it for a while and then when they did start getting involved with it like by that point they lost a lot of their authors to like amazon and places where they could self-publish because at that point it made sense to do that because the other thing they were saying is barnes and noble wouldn't hold like their older titles either like it was only like their new to newest titles that mm-hmm. they'd sell because space is at such a premium so yeah. they have all these old titles that they aren't making money off from anymore either and they yeah. won't let them use them as ebooks either so of course you're going to lose people who need to go and make money yeah mm-hmm. well
2: a couple of things that i remember um first there there's almost no like in in any of the barnes and nobles you go into there's mm-hmm. al- almost no uh stock it's, yeah, it's like it comes off the truck and it and the store, they're like smart stores. They actually order a title goes out oh, and that title gets ordered. Yeah,
1: I thought that's kind of how they've been doing it because I've sort of noticed that in some ways. And like when they do, like you have to go up to the customer service desk a lot of times for like anything in yeah. particular, and they can order it for you. But yeah, well,
2: and these stores also weirdly tailor themselves to the markets that they're in. Mm-hmm. So like when I opened the Barnes and Noble. Here, mm-hmm. <laughs> Racine and Kenosha, people in Racine and Kenosha have a strange affinity for true crime.
1: Oh, and, <laughs> that's funny. And, and, that makes and, sense there. I can see that. Yeah, and so oh, Kenosha. <laughs> when
2: I started, you know, there were like four shelves of true crime. And then when I left a year and a half later, there were like three full four foot sections. Oh, yeah. The store realizes how much stock yeah. is going out of that and then mm-hmm. it'll it adjusts what it orders. In, mm-hmm. You know, like like uh, literary mm-hmm. criticism shrunk.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It, it, That's Because
2: people weren't going in there and buying yeah. that. And then the, that, that space was automatically sort of filled by tr- true crime because everyone was coming in and,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, with the black fingernails and...
1: <laughs> the Black fingernails.
2: <laughs> email, uh, emo people coming in and looking hey, at true if crime. My
1: daughter loves, like, uh, true crime stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's funny. And then she's also, like, we watch Forensic Files and stuff, too. So she's also really keen about, like, making sure that she doesn't leave evidence behind her. <laughs> and I'm like, are you planning a murder already? Right. Like, you're nine. Like, no, it's a I little know, early to be planning this. I know, right? She's, she's like, fearful. Like, there was one time we were at a restaurant, and she's like, i got to put my straw in my sock so they can't oh get my, my DNA. <laughs> and I was like, really, Kate? You're going to put your straw in your sock? Like, yeah, because they can't have my DNA. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Oh my God, man. because um, she had to go to the bathroom
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. so our next topic in book and publishing news uh, comes from a study from BBC that might prove that reading fiction can make us better people and the argument there was kind of uh, when you read like they did a couple different tests for the people in the study like they would hold up pictures of people's eyes and they would have to guess the emotion Mm -hmm. and I guess that they found uh, that the people who read fiction scored higher in judging emotion and having empathy Mm -hmm. because they were able to relate to other characters and like get into people's minds through narratives.
1: Yeah and this is something that has been talked about a lot before like the idea that fiction helps to create empathy and creates and I think it's like that idea of like when we're exposed to other perspectives, it helps yeah. our perspective broaden, mm-hmm. and we're much more likely to be understanding of others when we realize that we're not the it's not like insular and only, people are only just like us in the world, kind of thing again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Did you <laughs> not buy it? But, no, well, I, so maybe. Yeah, but, I feel like some of their experiments were interesting. Like this one the where they one was the
0: pencil one with pens. Little, or um, they, oh, they dropped six pens
1: me. on the way out. Whoever and like the ones who were like most uh, were most like into the story or whatever would be most likely to pick them up. I'm like, I think that's just more the general idea of yeah. like whether you're willing to help somebody pick up. Maybe their that just pens means and, yeah. you're
2: more apt to be a janitor. You <laughs> <laughs> read more. Yeah,
0: some
1: some of the tests were a little odd. My papa was a janitor. But... <laughs> like, does he read a lot? Uh, you know, I don't know that he did, but he's the one who got me into movies like um, Conan the Barbarian oh. and like 007 and all that sort of thing. Like, I he, was
2: guy. he was a a man's man. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I don't know.
2: Maybe, maybe not so much.
1: <laughs> actually, and we would have people who would come by sometimes. Like, it, my papa is my grandpa, actually. He was my grandpa, but... Um, We'd have people come by and they'd still be calling him Sarge and stuff from the military. So, you know, I don't know. But he was pretty awesome and he had like the prettiest blue eyes ever. Nice, nice. But I don't know how much he read. (laughs) I I, I don't actually know at all. It's
2: the visual Mm. part that I, I mean, yeah, maybe you can tell, but I mean, how does, I don't know, how does reading.
0: Imagining thing, like imagining image translate to like seeing
1: it's like the idea of like virtual reality in some ways it's like not actual virtual reality but how willing you are to immerse yourself into that world and put yourself into that position like how willing are you to like actually experience those emotions and like things yourself if you can't immerse yourself in that well enough and it feels like you're living that experience like then in some ways you are going to learn something from that Mm -hmm. because if you go through okay so i read 1984 when i was in like i think ninth grade Mm -hmm. or something i was like 14 it was I was so angry. <laughs> it's the, like I st- it's still the only book I've ever thrown, mm. but I was so angry I threw the book. And my mom comes what, back which, and like
2: which part at the at, at the end? end. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to the end and I was oh, like, I was name? like Will- I cannot. Wilson? Are you okay? or yeah. like that. And I could, and I was it was just I could not believe it. I couldn't, and I was this is awful. And my mom like opens the door. Are you, what's going on in here? <laughs> are you all right? And I'm like I Get threw out. it. I threw a book, and she's like. You did what? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? He's like, you don't throw books. And I'm like, I threw that one. It was stupid. I hate it. it was, See, I felt you're so much betrayed. more empathetic. You're yeah. much more
0: empathetic after. It might just have, have to do with, like, when you put yourself in, like, characters' minds. You just have, like, in Or when like, you care what in happens. In mm-hmm. Well, and I
2: guess, so, as someone who teaches, I'll have students who will come to me and say, you know, I'm a... I'm a biology major. I can't understand any of this <laughs> poetry or <laughs> short story stuff. And I'm like, Yeah, you can. You know, and they're like, Well, there's 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 always some there's always something else going on, and I don't <laughs> really I feel like I don't get what's going on, you know. <laughs> and I, I say to them, like, Well, do you, if you're dating someone, mm-hmm. right? And they you say something like, Are you gonna pick up the kid? Mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. she'll say, or he'll say, like, if you need me to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That means, Me too. right, that, you know, you're yeah. reading between lines. Yeah. That's That means you're like no, you're learning you're picking...
1: to interpret things. Yes. Like, that's all it, and really that's all it is, and people don't necessarily understand it. Like, sometimes literature is just learning to interpret what's going, like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, why is this happening? What factors are influencing this? And really that's something that you use regardless of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You just don't always realize that that's how you're supposed to be looking. at. It. And I think people get the idea, too, like, sometimes, like, When you get all the, like, terminology that goes along with literature, just like Mm -hmm. terminology in any field, if you're not familiar with it, it's really daunting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was first starting to learn about archival stuff and some of the words that go with that, I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) And, like, calling everything an artifact or, like, housing. And housing is just, like, the boxes. But it's like, we call it the housing. So the housing is damaged or something. And I'm like the first time you run across that they're like the housing is damaged like the house is damaged like what's going on right Right. i don't there's no house terminology like kind of really i think daunts people sometimes and they don't think about what goes beyond that
2: i don't you you can't expect people to do like literary like like no derrida or whatever
1: no (laughs) that's all stuff you have to learn it's like (laughs) all steps right but i guess not the place to introduce people (laughs) yeah but just a
2: just a just the base level of kind of the interpretation. I guess I can see how you would have to, at the very least, be able to understand what's. You know, you're probably better at yeah. understand what's go, understanding what's going on in a room. Yeah, you know. yeah. Now okay. we're going to talk about,
0: <laughs> yikes! Yeah, not um, so. Yeah. So this is from an article, also from BBC, and it's about I I guess the controversy over Naomi Wolf's new book and how. She may have misinterpreted, according to her, some of the facts (laughs) that she included. (laughs) And so they're delaying the publishing.
2: Books called Outrages, Mm -hmm. Sex, Censorship, and the Criminalization of Love.
1: And see if that's the t- okay. So <laughs> <laughs> let's back up. Allie's
2: gonna start.
1: <laughs> yeah, because so and she says she has admitted misinterpretations, mm-hmm. which feels like it's wrong. So I guess she was at this talk show and she was talking to the like the interviewer and everything, and he was saying, I, I don't think you're right about this." The presenter said he was talking about how all of the deaths he had recorded, like, that she's talking about and the relationships he's talking about, like, he couldn't find any that were consensual. And, like, one of them was involving the rape of, like, a 6-year-old boy. Or, no, a Mm -hmm. 14-year-old boy had been, uh, oh, no. The the, 6-year-old boy has been the one who raped. And then another one was saying, like, death recorded or she had, like, Mm -hmm. said that he was executed, but he was actually released, like, a 14-year-old boy.
2: Yeah, first she didn't understand basically law terminology yeah. from the victorian period well, we so should, we
0: should probably say what's going on so yeah right her her <laughs> book was gonna be about persecution of homosexuality in victorian britain right and a lot of the things that she said people were hung for or persecuted for like ali said were not consensual so it wasn't necessarily because they were homosexuals yeah but because they were rapists yeah right?
1: and it's bothersome too because like if she and then she says that she fixed the mistakes that she made like any mistakes in there and like they should publish it anyway but like mm-hmm. the thing is like that's still the title of the book mm-hmm. and she if this is the relationship she's looking at if all if the person's saying that they couldn't find any that were consensual and she's saying she fixed the issue and she's to still publish the book, she's still basing it off from those kind of relationships because if those are the ones that she's using, that means that's what it's still being based off from. And if that's how she views sexuality that's re- or homosexuality, that's problematic because that's meaning yeah. all of these are <laughs> non-consensual relationships mm-hmm. and homosexuality is not a non-consensual thing. It's not how it's supposed to work. It's mm-hmm. the same way as heterosexuality, y'all. Mm-hmm. Permission, <laughs> like consensual, yeah. like you have to mm. like agree to this. It has to be two people, two adults, two adults agreeing to this mm-hmm. sort of thing. We don't want children involved either. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I, I mean, it, uh, it's um, so frustrating because it seems like that would make it so inaccurate then too, because like, how could you have this information like this and still feel like you're publishing something that's going to be representing this correctly or accurate? And yeah. she
0: seems mad that she was corrected, Yeah, which is unfortunate <sighs> because you should I don't know. Be like, like peer review, y'all. Yeah, and that's, you should yeah. be happy that a mistake like that was found. Yeah, well, because that looks bad several. on you. Yeah, like
1: that looks mm-hmm. bad on you. Like, what kind of researcher or historian or whatever it is you, you're trying to do here? Like, what are you doing when your information is not accurate to such an extent? Like, that's that's glaring. That's mm-hmm. that's a big issue. That's a big problem. Like. Right. You have to understand first of all the materials you're working with and then second of all you have to make sure you're representing them accurately. And you're trying to represent this as a homosexual relationship during this time period, but that's not what they are at all. These are like non-consensual non-non-consensual crimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah,
2: they're crimes.
0: I but, wonder how she was trying she was going to portray them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now I
1: wonder too, like I don't know, like what I mean is she it just say? it seems
2: as if I, I don't know, you know a lot a lot of what I'm thinking about is you know, we live in a time where facts are very hard to determine, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, because we, we have politicians who tell us things like what you've been seeing and hearing over the past year on television and the media is not true. Yeah. You know, don't, don't trust any of the researched kind of facts, you know, Mm -hmm. that you, and so, you know, you end up in a I don't know, we end up in a time where because it's said, mm-hmm. it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and that's so, so dangerous to be into. It's,
2: it's as if, it's as if the internet, you know, the, the, the fears that I had as a teacher when the internet became a thing mm-hmm. to do research, which was you know the internet's so much this sort of web 2.0 stuff where anyone can post anything without any sort of filter, and then students can go and take that stuff as fact when it's just somebody's web page. Mm-hmm. That's like seeped into the real world. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's,
1: and then now it's like seeping into like academia and yeah. things like that. And that's really scary too. Like the fact that it's going into a place where facts are supposed to be like, or like verifiable data and facts and like peer review is supposed to be like the way that you do things. And now we have this happening in there too. Like we have. This whole like questionable like truth of things and people still trying to push things like, no, it's fine, just publish it anyway kind of thing. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And and some of it seems like well intentioned. Like, okay, maybe the you know, the part of the intention of this book is to show the way in which a certain group of people in society were treated unequally and um, not just unequally, but but seen as criminals, mm-hmm. right? Perverts, derelicts, mm-hmm. criminals. When, you know, the the irony, <clears throat> the irony here from the book, from, from, from the point of view of the book, is the government
1: mm-hmm.
2: were the criminals, you know, in this in this case. But if you can't prove that, mm-hmm. you, yeah. it, you can't say it kind of thing, you know? It's, yeah,
1: and, like, while she has, like, the topic of the book itself and the idea of it, like, that seems like it makes sense and it's probably verifiable to some extent. But you have to use the information that's yeah. actually going mm-hmm. to verify that yeah. and going to show your point. Like, that's why we like academic rigor and stuff like that like you're supposed to go through the effort of making sure that you're proving your argument not like just trying to throw stuff in there to make you sound good yeah
0: mm-hmm. well if her argument was to try to show how like the government was making a mistake or something she totally ruined that argument i know because right then they, if it was non-consensual uh. they were just doing their job and like
1: like we some should of these be cases <laughs> probably should have been persecuted yeah. i don't know yeah it makes mm-hmm. me think like, I don't know about a 14-year-old. I don't know what was going on with that one. But, like, some of the cases, like, if it's raping, like, like a rape of a 6-year-old, like, yeah, that one probably, probably should sure. have been persecuted. Like, right. yeah, that's a problem, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: the, I, was wa- I was watching, I think it was Bill Maher last night, and one of the guests was talking about a sort of backlash against uh, folks who, who, who try to be social justice warriors, mm-hmm. right? And so she pointed out a case where there was a college... And there was a bakery, um, that the college enlisted to do all of their baking, the bread and, you know, all the other stuff. And so, and this is a true case. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was someone who went in, it was, there, I think it was two white people and a black person. Um, and the, uh, the shop owner accused them of stealing, oh. right? Kick them out, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the university students not just the students but the administration immediately backed the students Mm -hmm. and cut the university cut all ties with the bakery Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is what where most of their income was coming from right yeah and then later found out that they were shoplift they were stealing yeah right
1: i was wondering if that was gonna be how that one turned out this time like i hate when that one happened yeah
2: so it's like you know they were claiming that this the bakery was racially profiling these individuals Mm -hmm. And they they won thirty three I think it was thirty three million dollars. The bakery they, did. Yeah, they yeah. sued oh, the wow. university, and you know mm-hmm. because that's their entire business. Yeah, is, and then the,
1: it affects their reputation with other people right. as well. Mm-hmm. So even if they did cut ties with the university, it'd still be like having to deal with other people with the fact that they have this stigma on them now too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and it's, I just feel like um, I don't know. It's very difficult to you know weed through and hold your tongue. Mm -hmm. You know, when when we have all of these kind of potentially terrible things happening, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not just talking about me, too. I'm talking about race and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And see, and that's true, too, because, like, it's like when people I've gotten into the habit, I don't react to things immediately. Yeah. Like I can't Mm -hmm. because I don't have enough information anyway, usually. And like and I'm always been I've always been a little bit that way anyhow, because I always feel like I never have enough information. But these days, I really feel like it because, like, you'll find something out. You'll hear about something. But then when you look into it more, like, a few days later, you find out out all these other things. And you're like, this is so different than when it first came out. Like, the interpretation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, how they're, like, for instance, like, um, the Japanese... a uh, ship or something like that that was being mm-hmm. that like blew up or whatever it was and like now that there's other things coming out and there's like differing stories and so it's like we don't even know what's going on yeah. with that like, <laughs> yeah
2: you're yeah. talking about the supposed slash mine
1: yeah versus from, like from iran the, versus
2: a torpedo versus we don't even you know, yeah because like the, the people
1: the ship's crew i guess are saying that there were things like there were projectiles in the air and things yeah, like that right, and so right, like. Right. And then the U.S. is saying that they saw mines, so. Yeah. Or saw, like, Iranian ship removing a mine or yeah. something like that to, like, cover their se- themselves or something. So now there's, like, all that, and then there's conspiracy theories that are going along with that, too, of course, because right. now right. it's, like. But, yeah. And yeah, then get, that's got people all stressed out and worried and, like. Just simple things like that where you would think that we could, like, figure it out easily enough. Like, don't they supposedly have a video? Like, where's the video then? Or, like, don't we supposedly know anything about this? But we can't figure things out like that, that it should be simple enough, you would think, especially when there's video, but video, when it's edited properly, can say anything to you. Yeah, Mm yeah.
2: They did, um, uh, I don't know who put it out, but they slowed down Nancy Pelosi's speech and- posted this video. It was some Rep- Republican strategist or something. Mm-hmm. It, m- it might have been someone from the White House. I don't know. Um, and so she sounded really drunk.
1: Oh, I think I kind of oh heard about God, that. Oh, my God, because they slowed it down? And
2: they slowed it down. Yeah, and, well,
1: I mean, anybody's going to sound weird yeah. to slow them down.
2: Yeah. And and I um, I was watching some show. Someone was being interviewed and, and said that this is a real thing, that now the technology exists to mm-hmm. put you know put your make your face do different thing and mm-hmm. and videos can actually be c- created making candidates say things or sound like they're saying things yeah. that they're not that's yeah. freaking scary
1: it is because yeah. then you can't even trust what you see anymore and you know how everybody is like well you have to see it for yourself sort of thing like trust yeah. your own eyes but you can't mm-hmm. you can't trust unless your eyes unless you're a eyes. reader Yeah, (laughs) but even then, it's still still the same idea that anything can be published, too, and, like, anything can be written. It's just a matter of which ones you're choosing to believe. That's why Mm -hmm. they say, like, as many sources as you can find is probably better for you, Mm -hmm. which is why if I'm trying to read about something, I usually have to find at least five or six different things before I'm even going to believe, like, much of it.
0: Which is a good thing, like, going back to why this didn't get published right (laughs) away— Because people yeah. stopped it yeah. when they saw things that were wrong. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. It's yeah. kind of comforting. Yeah. I, I guess. guess there's some well, good things going I on. I
1: think they were saying that some people are still planning on going on with it, the publishing without mm. delaying it at all. But the UK...
0: I think the
2: publisher stopped it. Oh, US different...
1: publisher told... Okay, that they yeah. wouldn't publish yeah. as planned. Yeah. 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 They were going to. They were, yeah. were, they, were mm-hmm. they were. like Houghton Mifflin and Virago were going to stay with her. But then after that, they finally decided they weren't going to do it as planned. They're postponing it. So right now... Who knows what'll happen with it? Maybe she'll go through and. I feel like. I feel like that'd be a lot to fix. Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. I feel like you would have to do like a rewrite. Like yeah. you would have to like go over and like re examine everything because now you've been basing all of your premises off mm-hmm. from false information mm-hmm. or misinterpreted information. And that changes everything. Yeah. yeah. That's not just
0: like a couple words. No, Especially if I this know. is the whole premise of the book. Right. Yeah.
1: And that's why I was like, what she's saying, like, oh yeah, I fixed it. It was just a few minor misinterpretations. Like, and God. I'm like. He sure that knows. sounds
2: wrong. <laughs> 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 let's talk about Pride Month.
0: Yeah, let's. Okay, so our special topic, topic today is um, in honor of Pride Month. And we're going to discuss uh, <laughs> LGBTQ plus representation in the media, books, and other. Because I found some TV examples. So, like, oh, we're okay. All right there. <laughs> but, Sweet. Yeah, Yay. so we we had some definitions that I, I see a lot now to, like, I guess categorize characters and things in like LGBT media that I thought were interesting so for one of the one the first one is queer coding hmm um, and so the definition, I found these definitions, like, on Wikipedia, <laughs> just a disclaimer. Because <laughs> they're not
1: really, like, official terms or anything. But I think if you're going to find definitions for these kind of things, that's probably the perfect place mm-hmm. to find them besides, like, Urban Dictionary. Yeah,
0: that, I, there were good ones on Urban Dictionary, I will say, but I did not grab those. Um, so queer coding is when characters are given traits or behaviors To suggest that they are not heterosexual, sexual, and cisgender without the character having an outright without them being obviously yeah yeah. Like, you
1: think so, and you're pretty certain, but not quite sure, because Mm -hmm. we don't have any actual proof. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And this is, like, this one in particular can be negative and positive, Mm. because in the past, a lot, this was used for villains and things like that, so they would, like, all of the Disney villains are pretty Mm -hmm. much highly, like, queer-coded. Like, Ursula was a drag queen. I was going to say, (laughs) Ursula is going
1: to be, like, totally queer in my book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's how she's going.
0: Um. But there are also some newer characters that are considered queer coded mm-hmm. and they're positive. So like Captain Marvel is one that I'm hearing mm. a lot lately oh, really? is Marvel is like secretly being like there's a gay Avenger mm-hmm. but you guys don't know and we're <laughs> not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people right. think it's Captain Marvel. So that's like a positive would be like yeah. the two sides of that. And it's like like queer coding in itself isn't bad. It's just it depends yeah. on the light that the character is in. Yeah,
1: and I, so I don't necessarily feel like, I don't, feel like I need to know a character's, like, sexuality Mm -hmm. or anything like that specifically. But, like, when there's queer coding going on, there's that those times where it could possibly exist. And that's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, if all of, like, I'm totally fine with characters, like, not necessarily having, like, romantic relationships in books at all. And then that's, like, the idea of the same (laughs) thing as this whole queer coding thing. Like, they can be perfectly normal and, like, Mm -hmm. be existing in this book without having to be involved in a romantic relationship and yet still be not, like, heteronormative. Mm-hmm. either like, but when it's
2: when it's consistent I, I would say when it's consistently yeah. paired with a villain
0: yeah, yeah see when and that's like where like it's problematic negative yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's saying to the, the yeah. audience writ large that mm-hmm. there's here's part of why you should detest this this yeah. person.
1: And that's when it becomes, like, problematic is, like, when it's only, like, certain characters, like, villain characters or effeminate characters that are ineffective mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. these um, women characters who, for some reason, no men are interested in and regardless and, like... They're seen as like spinsters, or like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or mm-hmm. like I don't know how to explain like old women characters in general, but like we know how old women get treated, especially mm-hmm. if they're like spinstery sorts. And so like when they do queer coding with characters like that, it gets harder because then it's like no, you're just like you're either just like doing the standard like what is the word I'm trying to do say here? It's like. like-
0: stereotype yes
1: thank you <laughs> I was like I knew it's a normal word stereotyping <laughs> they're just stereotyping or they're just making yeah. them the bad characters yeah. that people don't actually want to relate to and that's a mm-hmm. problem because we want people relating to these characters because people do mm-hmm. I mean
2: there's a reason why most of the films in the 80s that had a you know a villain um
1: they were, they were Russian, Russian. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah 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 there's and,
2: there's a reason why and
1: why they have like that kind of like um, stereotype for the character without them yeah. even being Russian, right. like they just, just have like the Russian feel to them. It's just like training your brain, just to yeah. like every
0: time you see that, is that you recognize it as bad. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, like in newer representation, we can use it for good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the next one is queer baiting, and this is has more to do with marketing i think mm. um it's a marketing again according to wikipedia it's a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment um where creators hint but not actually depict a same-sex romance and they do it a lot or at least it's thought to happen a lot because they want to attract uh, an lgbtq audience but not lose their non-lgbt audience and then also be able to show their media in like across seas so like in china for instance Mm -hmm. is what they say
1: i feel like queer baiting and then the next one like queer catching are very much related to each other Mm -hmm.
2: so like so like voltron
1: yeah well
0: okay so that one i would define more as queer catching so i'll say that that one is that was actually termed (laughs) it's a really new term Mm -hmm. but it was termed by an lgbtq advocate uh and youtuber actually named Mm -hmm. rowan ellis It's talking about a book or a TV show um, and saying, so for instance, I guess in the new Thor Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. one of the characters was bisexual and Mm -hmm. the creator said that, but she did nothing on screen to depict that. So it's kind of like the opposite of queer coding. (laughs) It's like they were straight on screen, but then later on, like Dumbledore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then later on, they're like,
0: oh, by the way.
1: Yeah, so like, it's like doing nothing for representation,
0: to. but it, like it's the creator's way of getting in there still. So that I would feel was more Shiro from Voltron. It was kind of like a last minute throw-in, I guess. How about like,
2: I don't know. There's a there isn't there some hint at the end of Co- Co- Legend of Korra? Yeah, yeah. That,
0: yeah, I feel like that was for sure. It was kind of a mix of both because it was like queer baiting the yeah, whole time, yeah, yeah. and then they didn't really end up doing anything. Like right. They held hands. They held hands at the end of the And the then the creators were like, see? Yeah. They were in love. Yeah. I was like, but you didn't really show that, <laughs> yeah. though. Like, yeah. holding hands does not
1: mean love. Yeah. You hold hands with friends, y'all. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean, some of these can be like and a mix. And they're not harmful I don't know I but don't they are know like
1: sometimes they are I yeah. feel like sometimes with the, especially with like Rowling, nobody's gonna be taking her seriously anymore exactly. with a lot of this That's stuff true. like that is problematic and you can't keep going back and saying well yeah that character was totally gay or that character mm. was the set or whatever when you it feels like you're just trying to get attention or get acceptance for your when she wrote the books in a different time so mm-hmm. even if she was trying to make them like or whatever, in whatever way she's doing that, to go back now and be like, yeah, they were totally this way when you have no evidence in your books. Yeah. And when it's more acceptable now makes it seem like, well, you're mm-hmm. just taking advantage of the times now. Yeah. It's and that is sort
2: of revisionist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And I don't like revisionist stuff in general because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is why we forget what's happened in the past, folks. And this is why mm-hmm. we repeat the same mistakes over and over again. Like, we need to be like honest with ourselves. Like, if she can be more about, like, you know, I think it would have been great if he could have been this kind of character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or something like that. But it, like being open about the fact that maybe it wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been able to sell books. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like, like I feel acknowledge like now that, that. Would be... we
1: know that that's what's why you didn't yeah. do it before.
0: And that would be like too. more, I don't know, it'd be beneficial to hear because it would show like the problem instead of yeah. being like, by the way. Here you go.
1: Yeah, because then it's like people are like, "Well, see, now you have representation. Why are you guys crying mm-hmm. about this? Or why do we need yeah. a Pride Month? This is why we should have a straight Pride Month sort of thing. Like we have Gay Pride. Why can't we have Straight Pride? It's like it's not the same thing. Well, there's a Straight like,
0: Pride now. I know. So.
1: It's like pink and blue, like baby pink and baby blue, like a flag sort of thing. Yeah. I've seen it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, with stripes. But, <laughs> but what
2: about what about um, uh, what about representations in literature?
0: Yeah, so I feel like I, I, I was trying to think back in my mind, and I, I feel like I've read a lot of positive sure. representation, yeah. um, and I don't really see queer baiting and, and queer catching, maybe except for Harry Potter. Hmm. But, like, in books, I maybe because it's not, s- like...
1: I see it sometimes in older books. Know. Not like it's not, like, these right. words wouldn't have applied to it. I see it yeah. sometimes in older books where their characters have these these traits that I'm like, you know, I'm pretty certain there was more going on with this. But because of the time periods this might be written Mm -hmm. in, like it it can't be presented in that way either. Like sometimes like it's not like that often and it's not like I look for it. But once in a while you get like that feeling like, well, this relationship was a little different, Mm. but I can't quite pin why exactly. And when I was younger, it was even harder for me because like, I mean, it sounds really silly, but where I grew up. The idea of girls being together in my head was not a thing. Mm -hmm. And so and it was funny because I would explain this to people in high school and like other people in high school were like, Yeah, I knew you liked girls a long time ago. And I was like, Really? I didn't? Mm -hmm. And they're like, Yeah, well the way you talked about girls and I'm like and so in high school I'm like I thought it was an artistic thing. So I'm like, No, I just think girls are prettier. Like Mm -hmm. they just are Mm -hmm. they're more they're they look more artistic and they're prettier, they're more beautiful than guys. I'm like, that's all it is. (laughs) And then later on I was like, wait, there's a whole world out there that I didn't understand and now my head makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like all the stuff that goes on in my head. And there's a variety of stuff that goes on in my head. So (laughs) like when you get out of it and you're like, wait, the world is way bigger than I thought. This is so great. It's so helpful because then you start understanding some things that you didn't understand when you were younger. Like some of these characters, like as I got older and I started understanding other things in life better, I was like, wait, now I see what's probably actually going on in this. Mm-hmm. Or now I understand this better. And then as I've researched things more and I find more about the hidden um, LGBTQ sort of relationships and things like that and how they would hide them and the terminology used for them and various other things related to that, I'm like, I understand way more yeah. now. It yeah. was it it was something that existed in ways that we don't always notice. But mm-hmm. now that I'm learning more about it and understanding how they would go about hiding or living in the societies that they lived in, I see it more now. So it's yeah. not the same thing as, like, queer baiting or queer, queer coding or anything like that. But it's these things still exist. It's just we have to be able to recognize them sometimes. Yeah.
0: And well, it would be nice
1: this, to just have ones that are just out there straight forward, yeah. too.
2: Yeah, and the, I guess, you know, we just had the Writers' Conference um Month ago, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I found, you know, interesting, somebody's class was presenting on medieval medieval literature. Mm-hmm. The uh, identifying, you know, as gay mm-hmm. w- was not a thing. No, right? It, yeah, like they didn't
1: have the same it. Like, there words terminology like was yeah, yeah, that's yeah. part of it. it and so it, they it, found different ways of expressing what people were. Mm-hmm. There were certainly
2: same sex mm-hmm. encounters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've read about as,
1: some that were interesting. Right.
2: <laughs> they were looked at as acts, <laughs> not as my identity. Yeah. You know yeah what I mean? Yeah. The whole whole sort of paradigm has shifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the and point actually, now where people are like, please call me this, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, because this is we m- have my-
1: Because now so I, many words yeah, for it. Yeah. So. Well, what's actually really cool about that is like an individual identity is a relatively new thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not something like- individuality started becoming, like, a real thing during, like, the Renaissance. Like, that's when, like, that whole concept started developing as being, like, an individual separate from your community. And it didn't really, like, gain hold entirely through there. And that's why we've had, like, this weird, like, fight for the last few hundred years about, like, individual versus society and things like that like we've got lots of things that we're trying to figure out but that's one of them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's why like teenagers and children becoming individuals is like more of an issue these days like how we're viewing children these days too like that's kind of a new thing too because at one point i remember like medieval time period for instance Children and like didn't necessarily have a gender until after they were out of short coats. Like they wore their dresses <laughs> until they were like, I think mm-hmm. it was like five or six or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they would become gendered, like, except for royalty, of course, because that's a little different. You got to have that boy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, right. if yeah. you weren't royalty. Like a lot of times you didn't even get gendered until you were like six years old. And sometimes you didn't even get named until you're like three or four anyway. Mm-hmm. So well, that'd be confusing. Be like, get over here, kid. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> you, I mean, the little one. Come over right. here. Right, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, parents call their kids everything but their names most of the time. So. Anyway, I'm call. Co- I constantly call my kid Goon. I'm like, Hey, Goon, like monster. What <laughs> I call my child all the time. So I mean, I feel like it's a thing that parents do anyway. So they just probably calling their kids monsters all the time. My, mm-hmm.
2: my son learned to spell his name very early on uh-huh. because <clears throat> people would ask, "Oh, what's your name?" and he would say, "Shen." Mm-hmm. And then they would say Sean. You know? Oh, <laughs> like, like oh, no. the kid's just saying Shen. his name. Wrong. Yeah, he's a. He, then he would. He learned yeah. to say. They'd say, "What's your name?" Shen. S H E N. You know, with his, with a kind of snarl.
0: Yeah. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Kate gets mad because um one of her uh, kids club her daycare teachers keeps calling her Katie. She's like, "It's Caitlin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's Caitlin, mom. She keeps calling me Katie. It's <laughs> Caitlin." And I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah, we I don't were, know what to tell you at this were point. Li- we
2: were in line once uh, at an airport, international airport, and a, <laughs> an older woman came up. Shen was in a stroller, mm-hmm. but the stroller was there because you get on the plane quicker if you have a kid <laughs> in the stroller. <laughs> oh my God. So I brought the stroller. <laughs> That's true, though. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And I haven't had that up, experience in a while. She came up, she was French, and she said, Oh, you know, look at the cute little baby, you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, he spun on her in his mm-hmm. stroller and he goes, I am not a baby. <laughs> and she like stumbled back with her, her arms up.
0: Like, oh dear.
1: Yeah. Aggressive kid. Yeah. I'm like, wait, sorry about that. But yeah, even the idea of like kids having their own individuality is still relatively new. And it is still relatively new. You see how offended people still get by the idea of kids having the right to like, well, they say it's like arguing, but it depends on what it, how it goes. Like, arguing and discussions are different. Like, I will have discussions with my child or I'll explain why we're not doing certain things. But for some people, they're like, your child should just do what they're told. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't want her to be raised that way because I don't want her to just do what she's told. That's how we get Nazis, y'all. Like, (laughs) I don't need a Nazi child. She's going to be dangerous enough. Let's make her at least think for herself. She's already...
0: She knows about murder and how to cover her tracks. She's already
2: putting straws in her
1: (laughs) socks. socks. I know, so I'm like, I might as well make her intelligent because I do not need her being a killing machine for anybody else. I'm just doing what I'm told. That's the worst excuse, (laughs) y'all. But everybody else does it, Mom. Do I care? Yeah. Like think for yourself, but that concept's still new, and we still get upset about the idea of kids having autonomy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know.
2: Yeah, I w- for the show, I was trying to think of some of my favorite texts, some novels mm-hmm. um, that center on characters that are queer, or and oh. probably probably my my favorite is Left Left Hand of Darkness by mm-hmm. Ursula Le Guin. Um, just I, a, I still that. haven't
1: read that. Yeah, I know it's, it's a on beautiful my list. Book. And it's I especially because I like Ursula Le Guin anyway, but
2: Yeah. If you it, i mean if you that if there's a book that of hers that you want to pick up, it's it's that. Um mm-hmm. that and the dispossessed is really good too. But mm-hmm. I think mean, Genli Ai is the um main character who's a, an ambassador from another world who comes to a planet where um there there is no male or female except for the sort of one time a year when um the people go into what's called Kemmer oh, and that's when they get the really organs to yeah. Yeah. reproduce and stuff like that. and the main character gets kind of uh there's all these this bunch of political intrigue and has to, he has to flee and he flees with one of the people from the planet and the, mm-hmm. that person goes into Kemmer while they're you know in the in, in the in the you know traveling through the ice desert or something. And it's just really handled it's a it's a beautiful story mm-hmm. um I, I read it with my <clears throat> um my friend patrick who who had asked me at one point to you know tell him what some of the great science fiction books were <laughs> so what we started at kind of like the golden age and kind of <laughs> moved forward yeah um and we read this book and you know he wasn't a fan of a lot of the books that we read but you know he said <laughs> this book was f- phenomenal you know the the last 50 pages or so, he said, was, you know, some of the best stuff he had read.
1: Oh, now I want to read it. Yeah, yeah it's a
2: really it's a really good book.
1: So, um, oh, go ahead. But another one. So another thing we don't, like, even, so you know how bisexuals are usually considered kind of individual, or individual, invisible in, like, mm-hmm. the LGBTQ community? Another one, sometimes they're, like, asexuals or whatever, or, like, mm-hmm. people who aren't interested in that. But there was this book that a friend sent me, and she's like, "This is," she's like, of anybody that I'd want to send this book to, it'd be you. Not because like because I'm a hermit, <laughs> and it's called the Dreamers Pool. In this book, like there's like not a romantic relationship, and she mostly mm-hmm. just wants to be by herself. She heals people and like lives in the woods, and there's like a wood witch or something That's my like dream. that. <laughs> right. I just I recently had a Facebook post the other day, like yeah, in case you're still wondering, I'm still myth that I'm not a fairy living I in the woods. That. Yeah, <laughs> because like and the, so this book is one of the ones that I really like because she. But the thing is like. Even though um, she is on her own, like, she doesn't have any romantic relationship or like, anything like that. She does have a best friend, and he helps her out. And, like, he lives in, like, a like a shack or something like that nearby, her in the woods sort of thing. And he'll, like, daily helps her out with chores and things and, like, mm-hmm. do, th- like, adventures together and things like that. But there's no romantic relationship, and I'm so happy.
0: Finally. It's it's so much better when it's like that than when it's forced. <laughs> I yeah. guess just-
1: I, I'm, I'm always a little I, – I just t- – there's
2: so much uh, – association when it comes to same sex or bisexual uh, relationships so much depends on the sex part you know yeah by the by the people you -hmm. know who 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 aren't you know Mm -hmm. who are straight so it's like yeah you know oh and i I really
1: hate when people who are like like completely straight are writing books that are like for lgbtq in whatever way but they're like, some people can do it just fine, but some people, when they write it, I feel like they're writing it for their own amusement. Like, mm. they're getting something out of this, and I'm like, that was kind of weird.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that goes with shows, too. Yeah, and, and yeah, You can tell, I think. It does, too. I mean, I don't know if you can tell, necessarily, but I think
1: you can... I feel like you can tell the difference when somebody's writing it for, like, yeah. um, their own, like... Uh, interests versus mm-hmm. like writing a book that has an actual story and this is just what happens in the story this mm-hmm. is what makes sense for these characters versus I really want a sex scene mm-hmm. yeah for sure. well
2: I, and I think in general it's like even even in classes where I'll sign essays on gay marriage mm-hmm. you know some of what I see in the writing uh, you know from students is you know their idea of that that marriage is they go home and have sex and have have, have perverted sex. And so
1: that's why, like, with asexuality, the thing is, too, is, like, while sex might not be involved, everybody still needs love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm y'all. It's not about sex. And, like, and while that is an aspect of it, just like any relationship that is involving, that has sex involved with it will have that as an aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have it involved with it, then fine, whatever. But um, the thing is, like, beyond that, it's, about the actual relationship and not the sexual aspect of it guys. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's this thing that comes like if that's what you're focusing on, then you're not focusing on the relationship. And that's just like any like, I don't know, twenty year old who's like focusing on that particular activity because they're like, wow, look at this brand new thing I discovered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I guess some of of it's
2: probably that they're, you know, nineteen.
1: Yeah. As well. (laughs) That's what yeah, that's what I was like, this brand new thing I discovered. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Like hey I mean there are still there are still
0: adults who like unfortunately when they think of like yeah lgbtq relationships the first thing they think of is sex which is kind of strange on their
1: part but well when you think about it how was a lot of the how are a lot of these relationships first introduced to us Mm -hmm. it's through the concept of sex it's through the concept of sin and sex as well Mm -hmm. and then also like i feel like lesbianism for instance has been so fetishized it comes up in like porns all the time and like they always have like these hints of it and then you've got like the straight girls who are only like lesbians when drunk or something like we've got these things, these like and then gay men being like flamboyant and out there. And so like mm-hmm. a lot of things is like the way we focus on it is on the sexual aspect of it, because we have so many issues with sex in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whenever it comes up, we get hung up on it like we're getting better about it. But I still feel like whenever it comes up, we get hung on it. Hung up about it, just like in general, having trying to have a like a reasonable conversation like about sex or sex history or anything to do with that, usually turns into something that you're not (laughs) wanting to do. Yeah, like great, I'm glad we wandered down this path that I totally regret Mm -hmm. now. So like even that is difficult for people to do. So I feel like trying to separate the sex part from like because we have so many (laughs) hangups on it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's just unfortunate that you can't like a lot of people don't focus on. The love
1: part, right? First, like, everybody has friends, and so you know you love your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like I hope y'all love your friends, but like Hopefully you don't hate a, them, right? <laughs> but it's like a similar thing. You just, it's the same th- thing you have for friends. You can love friends without sex, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think you can do this, just like people can love each other without sex. But sometimes that relationship includes it but that doesn't mean it defines it and Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's so hard for people to understand like why do we focus so much on that part of it when it's the actual relationship and the communication and like accepting these people and that these people care about these other people Mm -hmm. like why is that so hard for us
2: I was thinking of books before the show Mm -hmm. you know to sort of talk about and one of them was um, Left Hand of Darkness Mm -hmm. and I don't know it, it seems to be I don't know, the like like Sam says, the representations seem to be generally more positive these days. So we were reading on, on a sunbeam.
0: Did you finish it?
2: Um, I'm almost there. I'm maybe 50 pages away from okay. the <laughs>
1: end. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet, but it's on my list. It's really good.
2: Yeah, it is good. Uh, but I mentioned to her um, when we were chatting the other day, uh, queer Um, by William Burroughs Mm -hmm. um, which it was a novel that was written as sort of is intended to be an extension of a previous novel junkie that he wrote and in all Burroughs novels there are same-sex relationships just like with many of the beats
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and you know I thought about the time in which they were writing this book was published in 1985 but Okay. They're writing in the in the fifties. The the Beats are generally writing in the fifties. When mm-hmm. when we're trying as a nation to kind of go back to normal, yeah, quote unquote, yeah. right? And so, you know, you had the, the sort of leave it to Beaver version.
1: Although of I life. saw a lot of really cool pictures. Okay, so on LGBT homosexuality thing, like I saw a really a lot of really cool pictures of like soldiers, like and like mm. their relationships with each other, like not like, I mean, it wasn't mainstream, obviously, but I've seen some old pictures of like. Yeah. LGBTQ members back in like the 50s, like right after the war, during yeah. that time, and it's always interesting.
2: But mm-hmm. the, but this book, in some ways, um, I haven't read it in decades. But w- the one thing that kind of stuck with me was just like you know the the main character or the characters of Junkie, they kind of had this self loathing that was kind of involved. Mm-hmm. Which I think and the same thing was true of queer, the you know, the mm-hmm. sort of outcast nature of the characters yeah. living outside of what we would consider sort of mainstream America. Um, there's this strange not strange, I I would say um predictable sense of self deprecation and yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. on. That I just it doesn't seem as prevalent in I the I was gonna say I don't today. think that's as
1: prevalent anymore. Yeah. And it's in part because well we see more of it, but also because we are much more about saying no. It's okay to Mm -hmm. be like that, and like while and that does seem to be the majority. While we do have those people who are like, no, that's not okay, and like the pastor who apparently was preaching about how the government should kill LGBTQ people, yeah, yeah. (laughs) right? Like, why is that still a thing? Mm -hmm. Like, why would you think execution is the answer for somebody's like how somebody is living their Mm -hmm. life? Like in that sense, like that just seems crazy to me. Like that's still a thing. You know, nowadays it's less acceptable to say we should execute the gays. Mm -hmm. Like that's not acceptable anymore. I feel like,
0: I, since I work with kids, I feel like kids are less shocked, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of their media, because I'm also into children's media. Um, yeah, although people
1: like, are angry about that Arthur y- yeah, wedding. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ratburn, <Rapper and> he's <laughs> ruined the show. But no, that was
1: awesome. Some people but, are like, I'm never letting my kid watch that again. And I was like, that yo. Was really cute. They're like, it like, doesn't so belong just... in a kid's cartoon. I'm like. They have heterosexual weddings in kids' oh cartoons. God. What's the difference?
0: <laughs> but it wasn't like a big deal. And I feel like that's why kids no. don't really think
1: it's a big deal. because if you treat it like it's not, it's not. Yeah. They I- don't become gay just because they see gay people. <laughs> that's not how this works. Yeah. But if it does work that way, then maybe there was something else going on. Mm-hmm. They were probably already gay. How
2: yeah. about, how about uh, could you think of any that you, Sam, that you... Books? Yeah.
1: Um. Well, I really
0: liked On a Sunbeam. Mm, um, yeah. Also, one of my favorites from, I can't remember the last time I read it, I was probably like eighth grade or something, but Fried Green Tomatoes and <laughs> also the movie, mm-hmm. but I read <laughs> the book first, yeah. surprisingly. Um, that was really cute, mm-hmm. like, just in the way it was very, like, the relationship wasn't They like, even talked about. They just, yeah, like... Yeah,
1: I'm okay with that sometimes. Yeah. Because like, then it... If- Sometimes it feels more real in some ways, too, because it's like, well, this is how this might actually happen in mm-hmm. real yeah, life yeah. in some ways. Like, yeah. you don't always have to talk about this because you don't always know what you're doing with it anyway yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and that was... And,
2: and, and it becomes uh, it does become evident in The Luminous Dead.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I was wondering about that because...
2: It's a book where we're interviewing yeah. the author in a couple of weeks. Yeah, So mm-hmm.
0: I, I kept seeing that on lists, and I was hoping that it wouldn't be end up in like the queer catching or mm-hmm. queer are baiting field <laughs> or category mm-hmm. um no it's it's pretty yeah.
2: pretty much stated There's, okay um gyre like
0: would you say it's uh well it's,
2: gyre imagines herself with
0: okay with them at several okay. different points yeah yeah so i mean some some representations are obviously better than others mm-hmm. yeah. even if they are included and they're not um Intended well, to be negative. I
1: feel hmm. like the thing is though, it's good to include a lot of like mm-hmm. that one terrible book. What is that? Fifty Shades of Grey or something? Oh, Grey or something <laughs> like that. Like that's awful. That's a horrible representation of like a BDSM community relationship sort of thing. Like that's awful.
2: Well, that was Twilight fan fiction.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> at the same started. time, <laughs> by by writing that awful book. Like, it gave people an opportunity to talk about it, right? Yeah. So people are like, that's not consensual. That's not okay. That's stalking. Uh This is a problem, blah, 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 whatever. At least we're talking about it. So, and the thing is, like, while those relationships, we don't want them to exist and they should not exist because that's not healthy for the people involved with them, they do Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. And so bad um, LGBTQ type relationships exist as well because we're all human. So Mm -hmm. they're going to be bad relationships doesn't matter if you're in a heterosexual relationship or an lgbtq whatever type of relationship like there are bad ones and there are good ones and there's mediocre ones and there's like amazing ones and if we yeah. can get all of them represented in a lot of different ways that would be amazing because then you it becomes something that you can talk about and it becomes something that people do see and if they see the bad examples then they can know well that's not healthy as long as we're willing to say that's not healthy
2: yeah
0: mm-hmm. and i mean that that goes for like any type of person any kind of relationship yeah like, you just exactly. need to have that kind of representation um mm-hmm. because the media is so powerful and it can really like i don't know it teaches people and like it what can we're also, talking like, about
1: learning through fiction yeah
0: <laughs> so i mean just seeing that you know can mold the way people think yeah. i guess so. Yeah.
1: And the more you're exposed to something, it's like that study that they've done, like the more you're exposed to something, the more comfortable it feels, mm-hmm. the more likely you are to have positive like associations with it. So the more used to LGBTQ people that we are, <laughs> I guess, I don't, this seems so weird to me because <laughs> it's just normal people. Like yeah. it's just anybody out there, y'all. But the more we get used to anybody who is different than whatever insular world we're living in, the better it is for us and mm-hmm. the better it is for those people that we have to interact with as well. Mm-hmm. So, that's
2: a know. very good note to end on.
0: <laughs> awesome. Very uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's our show today. The Pub is produced at the University of Wisconsin Parkside, from the studio at WIPZ 101.5 FM. You can tune in Saturdays at noon to catch new episodes, and you can also find The Pub on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or you can head over to our website at straylightmag.com for fiction, poetry, art, and of course, podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for regular updates on new content. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Pub, Straylight Magazine's podcast of all things books and publishing. Thank you.